Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Of life, Highland Colony, how are you guys doing today? We are thrilled to have you here. I'm Ryan Lambert, I'm an executive pastor at Word of Life, and we're going to be continuing our series called I Think I Heard from God Today. And uh, specifically, what we're going to be talking about is, is what do we do after we've heard from God? How many of you guys want to know that, right? What do we do after we've heard from God? After you get into the place where you know, I really believe in my heart. I think God has spoken something to me. What do I do next? And so we're going to talk some about that today. And, you know, Pastor Joel last week was talking about something that just kind of stuck with me. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I sure did. It was on our social media this week. And he said nine out of ten times, he said, the Spirit of God will speak to our spirit. And that's how we hear from God. That's how we're led by God is that it's not always a voice. It's not always a, an outward voice or even a voice in our heart, but it's just a knowing in our heart. It's a peace in our heart that we know we heard from God. You just have an inward confidence. You know that you know that you know. How many of you guys have ever been in that place before? Where it's just like you have certainty in your heart. Well, that is how God leads us nine out of ten times. And it was making me think, I need to share my story about the first time I heard from God. So that's not going to be the entire message, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of it real quick because I think that it'll be helpful to some people here today. And that's this. When I was 19 years old, I was living in Oklahoma. I've been out here in Mississippi for close to 18, 19 years now. And I met my wife for the very first time. And uh, so she had come in town for a church conference, and uh, she was friends with my sister, right? So it's, it's good if you got a sister with... Uh, with good friends, and so we hung out a little bit one day, and after Hope, my wife left, my sister April said, hey, what do you think about Hope? And she was just being like, hey, she's, she's really cool, right? And uh, I was just quiet all of a sudden, and I got real serious, and I was like, man, April, I, uh, I think that she's the type of woman I'm going to marry one day. And if you knew me then, I was... You know, I was fresh out of the world, guys, and so I just started living for God, learning to hear from God and all that kind of stuff. My sister, she was going to Bible school at the time, so she was a lot more holy than me, right? And she looked at me, and she was like, that wasn't the question I asked. And she said, oh, by the way, she was like, you don't have a chance with her. She's way too good for you. And I was like, well, to this day, I still enjoy proving my sister wrong, and we are married today. But in that moment, I realized that that was how God was speaking to me, is that he just put an inward confidence in my heart. It was God's spirit speaking to my spirit, and I just knew that I knew that I knew that I heard from God. But you know what? Something happened to her, too, because we had just talked and spent a little bit of time together that week, and neither of us had had that conversation to say, like, hey, I kind of like you, do you, do you like me, and um, all that kind of stuff. And so we spent a little time together the last night before she left to go back home to Mississippi, and I thought maybe this might be the, the last time I see what could have been the love of my life. And she's driving home. She's Pastor Joel's sister, for those of you who don't know. She's driving back with Pastor Joel and her mom back to Mississippi, and she's in the back seat. They're up there driving, and she just starts breaking down crying. Boo-hooing back there the waterworks, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, they turn around and they're like, what in the world's going on with you? Why are you crying back there? We're just listening to the radio. Like, what is all this? And she told him, she kind of had one of those moments just like I did. She said, I just left the man I know I'm going to marry one day. And uh, so God did the same exact thing that he bore witness with her heart. She knew that she knew that she knew. Fast forward, we burn up the phone lines. Fast forward, I moved to Mississippi and we are married today. But I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're like me and you're just fresh out of the world and you're back into this, this Christian thing. You've given your life to God and you're like, I'm just trying to learn to hear from God. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you're like, I'm still trying to learn from God. It can be that easy. It can be that simple. And I want to encourage you. Today, what we're going to talk about is the power of listening. What do I do after I've heard from God? There is something called listening and doing. That next step that we take after we hear from God that makes all the difference in the world. I had that knowing. I had that witness. And she had that witness. It led me to another state. And during that time in my life, guys, you know, I may have had an okay life if I would have just stayed there and not moved out here and just went a different direction. But I listened to God for the first time in that season and heard from God the first time in that season. And God picked me up, and he put me into another state. God picked me up. He put me into a marriage with the person that I was supposed to be with for the rest of my life. He picked me up, and he gave me a family. He picked me up. He gave me a calling. He picked me up and put me with a pastor. He picked me up and put me into the place that he had been waiting for me to be all those years and all that time. And I want to encourage you today, if that's you today, and you're like, I'm just trying to hear from God. And and life is not awesome right now, and I really want to see God do something in my life. I am nothing special compared to anybody else in this room. If God will do it for me, God will do it for you. I mean, I was 19 years old. I was I was not quite a boy, and I was not quite a man, but I was mostly probably a boy in that time. So even for our young people out there, God will speak to you. He'll bear witness with your heart. All we have to do is just be quiet. We've got to listen. And listening is simply taking that first step to just say, God, I know that I'm hearing from you right now, so I'm going to take a step forward, and I'm going to begin to do the thing that you put in my heart. And you never know, you might end up in a place like I did where you're exactly where you're supposed to be where God has called you to be. But as we talk today, what I want to get into is I think that all of us fall into three different categories, three different groups, right, when it comes to hearing from God and what do we do next after we hear from God. That first category is this. Some of us are here today and God spoke something to our life, maybe sometime back, and maybe it's been a while, maybe it's been a real long while. You know, I've had things in my life, I'm sure you have too, where it's like God spoke to me and I didn't really ever do anything with it. I got distracted I got into living life, and, you know, after that, it was just kind of like, just forgotten about. And usually when that happens, life gets tough. It gets a lot tougher than it needs to be. It gets rough. Things start to fall apart. They start to unravel. All these different things. And so maybe you're in here today, and that's the group that you're in. Well, I got good news for you. We're going to talk about practical ways how to get out of that. But maybe you're in the second group, and I think this is where most of us are probably at today. And that's the group where... You've recently heard from God. Maybe it was last week during Sunday's message. Maybe it was a few weeks ago. Maybe even a few months ago. And you're just kind of still chilling right there like, I still remember what you said, God. And I still haven't done anything quite with it, but I'm going to get around to it, right? I'm going to get around to doing whatever you told me to do. I'm just not quite there yet. Things are busy. I'm waiting for them to slow down. And maybe that's the category that you're in today. Well, that's okay. We're going to talk about how to get back on track and listen to God and see God do the thing 
that he wants to do in our life. Because if God speaks to us, how many of you guys know that God wants to do something? He is setting us up for something better. He is setting us up for something much grander. God never asks us to do something without something great in mind. And then the third group today is maybe you are an overachiever in here. And God has recently spoke something to you and you're, you're already on your way. You're listening to what God spoke to your heart. You've taken that first step and you've already seen God begin to do some things in your life. We're going to end with talking about that today. But before we dive into it, let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you, Lord. We believe that you're going to speak to each and every one of our hearts today. I thank you that your Holy Spirit will just give us one-on-one information, one-on-one revelation about what you have for us, what you have in store for us, where you're leading us, what do you want us to do, what do you want us to stop doing, whatever it might be. And Father, we thank you that your word says that if we're not just hearers of your word, but we're doers also, that we'll be blessed in our deeds. And so, Lord, today we thank you that we're going to just learn to listen, to hear and listen and do the thing that you're speaking to our hearts so that we can get into everything that you have prepared for us today, in this year, and in the time to come. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many of you guys during quarantine, your schedule's been a little bit off? I think all of us, right? And maybe during quarantine, you've done something that was like a little bit out of the norm for you. I know that I have. I watched this video. It was kind of a funny video talking about what happens to all of us when we're in quarantine. And they talk about one group of people, and there are those that just say, I don't care about exercise, and I don't care about eating right now. I'm just going to go all in. It's going to be milkshakes with every meal, whatever it might be. And that's what I'm doing during quarantine. Well, maybe you're in the category where it's like, no, during this time, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life, and that's going to be me. you got the home gym and all that kind of stuff. Well, I also saw in that video people are buying a lot of dogs during quarantine. Have you guys known anybody, or maybe you bought a dog during quarantine? Well, I did all three of those things, guys. When quarantine started, I went all in, and I was hitting up Bob's. I was hitting up Chick-fil-A. It was milkshake time, all right? And that's what we were doing in my household. And so it was late night runs to Bob's, all that good stuff. And then, you know what happened? One day, I, I put on my pants... And I couldn't fit in them anymore. I told Pastor Joel, I said, uh, hey, man, I think my cleaners just really did a job in my clothes because they're getting kind of tight. We were laughing about it because he knew I was eating all those milkshakes and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I decided, all right, I got to start exercising again. So I started doing that. But then I did something I swore I would never do. We bought a dog. Okay, I have not had a dog in like 13 years. Me and my wife got one when we first got married. And I was like... I swear I'll never get another dog, not because I don't like dogs, but I've got three boys, and there's lots to clean up in the house, and you've got three young kids, and so it was like, I don't want something else to have to clean up after, right? I've got enough to do other than taking it outside, and I'd see my neighbors, and I'm like, oh, they're out there walking these dogs in the heat and in the cold, like, that's a terrible situation there. <laughs> and I would just be watching TV, going on about my business and all that kind of stuff. Well, I am in that category now of a dog owner, and I'm super glad that I did. But let me tell you about how I got this dog. So we were supposed to go on vacation around May, like I'm sure a lot of us had stuff scheduled, and COVID hit and all this stuff, just kind of rearranged everybody's plans. So we didn't end up going. It got canceled. And I was like, well, I kind of put some money aside. Let me be a good dad. I still want to bless my kids and do something so they can kind of enjoy their summer. 
So we were driving in the car one day, and my oldest two sons, Max and Lake, they were back there. I said, hey, guys, let me ask you a question. I was like, if you could have anything in life right now, what would you want? And I was hoping that, you know, it would be kind of like middle range and not something like astronomical. And so my middle son, Lake, he was like, Dad, I want an Xbox because me and Max, my older brother, we are always taking turns or fighting about it. It's just no good. I want my own Xbox if I could have anything else in life. And I was like, okay, it's not too bad. I mean, it could be more expensive. And uh, so anyway, then my oldest son, I already knew the answer before I asked him. I was like, what would you want? He was like, I'd want a dog. You know I want a dog, Dad. I ask you about it every single week. And like, I've been telling you, I've been praying for it, all these different things, and you just won't give me this dog. Like, why would you even ask me that question? It's a dog, it's a dog, it's a dog. And I was like, okay, I get it, it's a dog. So I was like, we're going to make a bet today, guys. I was like, if you can go 24 hours, starting in the morning, 24 hours, and you cannot fight, you cannot argue, you cannot name call, you cannot get irritable, you got to have a day of just kindness and peace because... They've been cooped up in the house like everybody has during COVID, and they've been at each other a little bit, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, if we can have 24 hours where you guys are just nice to each other, I was like, I'll get you your Xbox, and I'll get you your dog. And they were like, oh, it's about to be on. Get ready to get your wallet out. Get ready to spend all that money, Dad, because we are so going to do this. Now, how many of you guys know your kids? (laughs) This was kind of a safe bet. Now, they're going to find out the real story about this right now. They're in the audience, so apologies, guys, for what you're about to hear. But they started off strong, guys. They started off real strong. And um, so they got into the day. They were doing pretty good. We had a couple close calls where it was like, and they caught themselves, and they didn't say anything mean, so they kept it going. They're looking at each other like, we got this. We just got a few more hours to go, all this kind of stuff. And so, guys, it was starting to get where the sun was going down, and I was like, i got to finish this job up here <laughs> before I have to do what they were saying and start shelling out the money here. So we got a swimming pool in our backyard, and when my boys are in the pool, it's like WWF, guys. It's, it's body slams, it's drop kicks off the side, all this kind of stuff. If you think I'm exaggerating, ask my wife, ask my kids. It's on when it's in the pool. There's no just like swimming on the raft. You're going to get taken under quickly if you're, if you're on a raft. So I was like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. It's real beautiful outside. Let's go for a swim in the pool. And Lake was a little bit more excited to go out there. And Max, he's a little bit more of a strategic thinker. And so he had gone up to his room. And he was going to wait it out. He was just going to wait it out. He was going to eat some food and just wait it out because he wanted that dog more than anything in life. And so during that time, I was like, hey, Max, buddy, your brother's already in the pool. Why don't you come on down here and have some fun? I mean, the whole family's out here. He's like, no, Dad, it's going to be bad. I want to get my dog. And I was like, well, the kind of the point of this whole thing is that we can work together and be kind to each other regardless of our environment, right? And so I was like, all right, come on. So he gets in, and then I kick back in my, in my lounge chair, and I count down, 10, 9. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, wham! One of them hits the other one, and they start getting into it. And I stand up, and I'm like, bet is off. The bet is off. You guys did not make 24 hours. You didn't do it. 
They were furious at me, especially Max, because he knew I set him up. (laughs) And it was just crying. They were upset, rightfully so. They were so close. And then I am a bit of a strategic thinker, too, and I was like, the swimming pool is where I get out of this situation today. And so I told him, though, I was like, guys, you didn't make your 24 hours, which was kind of my fault. But anyway, I said, I'll make you a deal. The goal is I want you guys just to be kind to each other. So if over the next few weeks you can get along pretty good, I will get you your Xbox and I will get you your dog, even though I did not want to get a dog to begin with. And so they said, okay. So fast forward a little bit. They ended up doing it. Blake got his Xbox. Max got his dog. I'm actually thrilled to have a dog right now. I never thought I would say it. But I am that guy getting up at 5.30 in the morning. It's actually mostly my wife, not me. But anyway, 5.30 in the morning, taking him out, and it's been really fun. I share that story with you because of this, is that I came as a father to both my boys. And I said, what do you want in life right now? What do you want in life more than anything else? What is the biggest desire of your heart? And they came to me as innocent children and said, this is what I want, Dad. And I came to them, and I gave them instruction. They heard from me. They heard from me. This is what you need to do. This is how you can listen to what I'm asking you. And if you do that, I will deliver on my promise. I'll deliver on the thing that I said I would do. And just like God does the same thing with us, is that God speaks something to our heart when we come to Him We're like, God, I need this right now in my life. I need this situation to turn around. I really desire this thing in my life. I want to see this dream happen, whatever it is. And when we take time and we listen to God and we hear from Him, He'll speak to us something to do. Just like I tell my boys here, it's simple, guys. Just do this, and you can see the thing that you desire most in life. God is the same way where He's like, just do this, take this next step, Go to lunch with this person. Change how you're acting in this relationship. Whatever it might be, God is giving us simple instructions that if we'll just take that step and listen to what the Father is telling us to do, we will be able to see those things in our life. We'll be able to get that Xbox. We'll be able to get that dog. We'll be able to get that promotion. We'll be able to get that relationship restored. Whatever it might be, we'll see God move in our lives. And you know what, just like my boys are just like all of us, they didn't get it completely right the first time, mostly because of me, but they didn't get it right the first time, but God is a patient father, right? Just like I gave my boys an opportunity to kind of get it right and eventually listen, God is the same way, and he's just waiting on us to take that first step and listen to whatever it is that we have been told from God, that we heard him say. So we're going to dive into this first group of us today. Maybe you find yourself in this group where it's like, I heard from God some time ago. It's been a while. And I haven't done anything with it. Life's gotten kind of tough. And so I was looking, and I was like, where, what would be a great example in the Bible about somebody that heard from God, but they didn't listen? So I needed to look no further, right? Because this is us. This is humanity. And I looked into the book of Genesis, right? First couple chapters. Famous story. We all know this story of Adam and Eve. All right, so we're going to dive into this today. I'm going to read some of the scripture here to you and talk through this story. Genesis chapter 2, 16. We'll start there. It says, The Lord 
God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat a fruit, every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, <laughs> can you imagine God saying this? He says, You're surely going to die. <laughs> like, every single tree you can eat of, but if you eat of this one, you're surely going to die. And they're like, Yeah, 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 we got it. Every tree but that one. Which one is it? It's the one that's got a red X on it out of the thousand trees there. Make sure you don't eat of that or you're surely going to die. Okay, okay, okay. We got it, we got it, right? All right, easy enough. Plenty to eat. There's just one tree. Don't touch it. All right, let's continue. In chapter 3, it says the serpent, this is talking about the devil here, it says, was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we made fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit on the tree in the middle of the garden, right? That we cannot eat. And God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So she heard it. She even repeated it. If I do this, God, I heard from him not to do this. If I do it, I'm surely going to die. All right, we keep going here. It says, the woman convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And in that moment, their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame and their nakedness. And so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Here we see this story that some of us fall into this category. God has spoken to something to us and there's just different reasons in life that happen that we don't listen to what God told us to do. And so there are five signs that we did not listen. If you find one of these things speaks to your heart, this might be the group that you're in today, and we're going to talk about how to get through these things. The first one is this, is that if you experience failure, if you're experiencing failure right now in life, and you don't know why do I keep on failing at this thing, or in these relationships, or on the job, or whatever, you're just seeing a lot more failure than normal, it might be a sign that we have not listened to the thing we heard God say You flip a chapter over and you see that Adam and Eve have these two boys, Cain and Abel, and something goes really bad, right? They get real jealous, they get angry, and Cain ends up killing Abel. So if there was ever a failure in parenting, it's when one kid kills the other kid, right? And so immediately we see here things start to begin to fall apart. There's failure that takes place in their lives. I mean, me and my sister got to a lot of disagreements growing up, but we never took it that far, right? So things are falling apart. Signs that we did not hear from God. Number two is this, is that we forgot what God said to begin with. Just like Eve here, God tells her, don't eat of this tree or you're surely going to die. And she's like, okay. Adam's like, did you hear what God said? Yeah. We'll surely die if we eat of this tree. Okay. And then a few days later, whenever it happens, here comes the serpent. And he's like, you should eat of that tree. She's like, no, God told me don't eat of that tree. No, you should eat of that tree. I've, I've had the fruit on it. It's quite delicious. And uh, you really want to eat of that tree. If you don't, you're missing out. And uh, she's like, ah, I don't know if I should eat of that tree. I mean, it's the one that looks different from the rest of the trees. And the serpent's like, well, I mean, you, you can, but you're going to miss out. And, uh, you know, God's just trying to keep you from having a good time, Eve. And so she makes a decision. She forgets that quickly. It even comes out of her mouth that I'll die. I will surely die if I eat this. So we forget what God told us to begin with. 
That's the power in writing down whatever God speaks to our hearts so that we can go back to that thing. Maybe if she would have wrote it down on her hand, the world might look a little bit different today and the curse wouldn't have fallen upon the earth, right? If I eat of the tree, I will surely die. And so then she offers it to, to Adam, right? And so he's like, Eve, you look a little bit different. You look uh, kind of pale. What, what took place here? Did you, did you talk to that talking snake again? I told you we don't talk to the snakes that talk. It's a bad idea. Why did you do that? You've got something on your lips. Did you just eat some of that bad fruit on that tree that God said, don't eat? She said, "Mm mm-mm. No, I didn't. Right? And then the rest is history. Sometimes we forget what God spoke to us to begin with, and things start to begin to kind of fall apart. Things are getting shaky right now. And we need to go back to the thing we heard God say. So number two is we forget whenever we stop listening to God. Number three is this, is we just get fatigued. It talks about right after that how they had to start tilling the ground, right? If there's anything that will make you sweat, and it talked about you had to use the sweat of your brow to work and eat now all of a sudden because we didn't listen. If you're fatigued in life right now, you're tired, you're worn out. I know a lot of people in here probably feel this way going through everything that has happened with COVID and everything else is that God probably spoke something to our hearts sometime back to help keep us protected through this, to help keep us peaceful through this. And if you're just feeling worn out and tired of being tired right now, this might be a sign that God had spoke something to us some time ago that we just need to pick back up and listen to what God is telling us to do. Number four is this, is fear. It says that they were naked and afraid in this story. If you're just kind of like in a place where it's just, you wake up feeling afraid, you wake up feeling shameful about God spoke something to you long ago and you've done nothing with it, or maybe you're just afraid of what the future looks like and it's just overtaken you, chances are is that God has spoken something to your heart some time ago that if you'll just take a step back and remember about what you heard God say, and begin to listen and do that thing, it'll pull you right out of that and pull you into where God wants you to be. And the last place is this, the last sign that we may have heard and not listened to what God told us to do is forced. There's a force about our life and not a flow. We're trying to make things happen in our own strength. We're trying to make it happen because we feel like we hadn't seen God do something where all the while He told us what to do sometime back and we just forgot to do it. We failed to do it. And there's a force about life where like we roll up our sleeves, we've got to take matters into our own hands. I had a relative years ago, they had just gotten out of a bad relationship and they said, you know what, I know I'm not supposed to be in a relationship for a while. I know in my heart. She had a witness in her heart. I'm not supposed to be in this relationship anymore, and I know I'm supposed to be single for a while. And I said, you know what, I feel like that is God. I think that 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 makes sense. And she forgot about that word that the Lord had spoken to her. Next thing you know, man, she's lighting up Match.com. I mean, it's like day after day after day. She's telling me, oh, I went out with this guy. Oh, I went out with this guy. Oh, I went out with this guy. And I'm like, don't you remember what you told me? You thought maybe you were supposed to be single for a while? She's like, I know, I'm just kind of lonely. I'll go get some free, free dinners or whatever, whatever it is, right? And so I was like, okay, here we go. Well, next thing you know, she ends up with somebody that she thinks she's fallen in love with. This guy's a really bad guy, okay? And uh, he even puts on social media, I'm about to marry this lady and take her for a ride and file bankruptcy, and she is 
completely clueless about it, and we're like, just look online. This is a bad guy, bad situation. You're forcing this thing that you don't need to force right now. Well, at the end of it, she, she marries this man. She ends up quickly in a divorce. He does everything he said that he was going to do. And I'll never forget the look in her eyes as I helped her move out of the house that she basically lost by the end of all of it. And she was in the garage because she didn't listen and she forced this thing to happen in her life. And she was just visibly shaking. Tears coming down her eyes. Just a wreck. People were moving her furniture out of the house that she was about a year away from paying off. She had worked her whole life for it. She was a mess. People were talking to her. She couldn't hear it. And all this happened because... God spoke to her something at the beginning. She didn't listen to it. She began to force something in her life. And then life began to get worse and worse and worse. And so that might be the category, the group that we're in today, is life is getting worse and worse and worse because we are forcing things to happen right now rather than remembering the thing that God spoke to us. Good news for you today. We're about to talk about how do we get back on track with that. How do we get back on track from what we heard to begin to listen to what God has for us? So we're going to quickly kind of share this story. What do I do if I've heard from God recently and it's time to get back on track? I heard, but I haven't quite listened yet. Maybe it hadn't been that long. We look at the story of Joshua chapter 6. So I'm just going to kind of run through this and and paraphrase it. Basically, we have Joshua, the new leader. Moses is no longer the leader. Joshua is the new leader, and they just get done winning this first monumental battle. It's the Battle of Jericho, right? That's the one where they marched around the walls and they shouted out, right? And so the walls come tumbling down and Joshua is validated as a leader and God is speaking to him. He's getting confidence. His people, the army of Israel, they're getting confidence that this is a leader. He hears from God. Well, God tells him, before you go into this next battle, it's the Battle of Ai. He said, before you go there, this is a much smaller army. Make sure that you follow these instructions. God is asking Joshua to slow down here for a moment. And he tells him, he says, when you win, take all the loot, keep nothing for yourself. Some of it needs to go into the Lord's treasury and some of it just needs to be destroyed. And he's like, did you hear what I had to say? Joshua's like, 10-4 God, I got it. Well, Joshua had the responsibility to make sure that His people that he was leading followed the instruction of God that they heard and that the army heard and all this kind of stuff. And they go into battle, and you know what? They get beat swiftly by a much smaller army. And Joshua's like, what in the world? Did you just take us through Jericho and do this miracle where we we marched and we shouted and we won the victory of a much bigger army only to take us to this? And then what's going on? And God tells him, I told you something before you went out to battle. Make sure you don't keep anything for yourself. And there was a soldier named Akon in this story that as they were getting the loot, he kind of did one of these things. I'm going to take a little for myself here. Nobody will know. Take a little bit of treasure. And that was the reason that they got beat. And so Joshua had to do something in this moment. He heard from God, but he didn't listen. Right, He didn't make sure his guys listened to this. And as a result of that, he had to do 
Four things that kind of got him back on track. If you're here today and you're like, I've heard from God. I'm trying to listen right now. How do I get back on track? If I was in that first group, he did four things. The first one is, is he retraced his steps. He went back. You ever lost your keys and you're like, where is the last place that I had? I mean, you have to retrace your steps until you find it, right? You really start to think and, and mull th- over in your head, where did I leave those keys? Joshua did that thing, only he was like, when was the last time that I heard from God? Okay, there it is, right? You told me, make sure nobody touches the treasure, God. I got it. Somebody must have touched the treasure, so the first thing that we have to do when we hear from God, we hadn't listened yet, and we're trying to get back on track, is we need to retrace our steps. What's the last thing God spoke to us? When God speaks to us, write it down so it's a lot quicker process. If I wrote down where I left my keys, it'd take me a lot less time to find them when I lose them, right? Number two is this, is that we had to rehearse what God spoke to us. Not only did he have to remember what God told him back before the battle, but he had to rehearse in his mind, I have got to play over and over in my head what God told me to say, what I heard, so that I can have the courage, so I can have the faith, so that I can have the diligence and the discipline to walk out and listen and do the thing God told me to do. And so we have to rehearse those things in our head until we get to a place where it's like, I'm going to do this. I don't know about you, but there's been things God has spoken in my life before where I'm like, God, I know you're asking me to do this, but it takes some courage. It takes some faith. I have to hear that thing and see that thing over and over and over until I get up enough confidence where I'm like, I'm going to listen and I'm going to do that thing. The next thing we have to do, number three, four ways to get back on track here. What we have heard and we haven't quite listened yet is this. Remember, God is patient. You see, what Joshua had to do in this moment is he had to go tribe by tribe by tribe by tribe until he found Akon, who was like, it was me. I was the guy that did it. I won't tell you what happened to Akon. It wasn't good. But anyway, he had to remember that God is patient. It takes some time to go through all those people, tribe by tribe by tribe, to figure out what happened. And all the while, God is not like, if you don't get this done in this amount of time, You're disqualified. Never once does God say that. God is patiently waiting. Always he's patiently waiting on us to just go ahead and take that first step. If it's been years since God spoke something to your heart, you've done nothing with it, it's all right. God is patient. Today can be the day. This week can be the week. Because just like God was patient with Joshua, this is a big deal, right? This is war. This is a serious situation. Maybe God told you to start a business or something like that. That's super important to you, right? That's super important to your life. But you know what? Joshua's here like, with a whole army waiting to know, what do I have to do next? So if God will be patient with Joshua and that, God will be patient with me and with you in these situations. So remember that God is patient. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get mad at yourself. Just remember, I need to retrace my steps. I need to rehearse what God said, and I need to get the courage to step out there and remember that God has been patient with me. He'll continue to be patient with me if I don't get it perfect. And number four is this, four ways to get back on track. We just return to God with obedience. Obedience is just, it's taking that first step of whatever God told us to do, what we heard, and we start to listen what God told us to do. The last thing I want to share with you today is that we talked about these two groups to begin with. The group of us, it's been quite some time since we've heard from God. 
that we've done nothing with it, we've just got stuck. Life is unraveled and kind of falling apart. There's a force about life, and there's no longer a flow. Maybe that's you today. But maybe you're in the second category where it's not been too, too long since you heard from God about something. Whether big or small, it doesn't matter. If God asks us to do something, it's all super important. If that's you today, we can get back on track easily. The last thing I want to share with you today is this, is that there are some of you you just heard from God. You begin to take those steps forward. And man, that's awesome. But the chances are you will find yourself in all three of these categories, all three of these groups at some point in your life. You may be in and out of them depending on what God is speaking to your heart. And I want to encourage you today about the power of listening. Taking that first step forward. We look at the Bible and we see some characters that they get it right, right off the bat. You look at Noah. God comes to him and he has something big of him. He said, I'm about to flood the world. And Noah's like, okay, and I want you to build me a giant boat. We're going to put all the animals on there and I'm going to start over with your family. And Noah does what God tells him to do. God is specific with Noah and says, I even want you to use gopher wood to build this ark. Now, I've been to Lowe's a lot during quarantine, and I've never seen any gopher wood, but apparently the details matter to God, right? Noah did exactly what God asked him to do, and God was able to use him and start this whole thing over again. You look at Daniel in the Old Testament where He refused to worship the king. He refused to eat and drink of the things that God said, don't do that. He heard from God about this and he simply listened. And he eventually stepped into the place where he was a a president among other presidents in the nation. God promoted him because he simply listened to what he heard from God. And then you look at Stephen in the New Testament. Stephen's probably my favorite Bible character, Acts chapter 6. I love it. I could just spend hours in it. Stephen hears from God as they're praying. The Holy Spirit says, separate me some men full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom so that they can wait on the table so that the ministers can meet the spiritual needs of the church, right? So Stephen and some other guys can make sure the natural needs are met of the widows and the rest of the church. Stephen is so faithful to listen and immediately do what God's asking him to do. He ends up being used mightily of God in miracles, in ways that very few people in the Bible are even recognized as being used by God in such capacity. So I want to encourage you today, take that step and listen to whatever God is telling you to do. If you're coming from a place that's been a while, it doesn't matter. Retrace your steps. Rehearse what God has said to you. Step into the power of listening. You know, problems often precede promotion when it comes to our lives. Noah had a problem. He needed to build a boat. Stephen had a problem that he needed to solve by making sure the widows were taken care of. And you may have some problems right now in life and you're trying to figure them out, but God has spoken something to you. And just like he spoke to them, he was setting them all up for something better. He was setting them up to be used mightily. He was setting them up for extreme promotion. In Isaiah, it says, the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. If you've not been eating the good in life, in your relationships, and your finances, and your health, whatever it is, you've not been eating good, you're no further than simply listening to the last thing God spoke to you 
and taking that step out and obeying God to see His power begin to move you into the place He has called you to be into your promised land in your life. Amen. Let's pray together today. Father, we come before you. We thank you that you've spoken to all of our hearts here today. If there's anybody in here that you've never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, you say, I want to hear from God, but I don't know God yet. If that's you in here and you say, I want that, I want a relationship with Jesus, if you'll just raise your hand real quick, we'll pray with you. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Look, I need to get back on track. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I I need to begin to pick back up the things that God has spoken to my heart that I heard Him say. I just haven't quite listened yet. You see, that's me. I want to make that commitment to God right now to pick those things back up and listen. If you just raise your hand. See, hands going up. Thank you for those hands. Let's just all pray this together today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. He rose again. I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I commit to you today, Lord, that what you have spoken to me, I will listen and do the things you've asked me to do. And I thank you in advance for all that you're going to do in my life for obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I would encourage you, if you've made any kind of decision today, you can simply text the word decision to 313131 on the stage here. If you're a first time here at Word of Life Highland Colony, you can stop by our info center right back through there, big white table. we got a free t-shirt for you. And then lastly, I want to remind you just of a few things. Revival Night. If you've not signed up for Revival Night, it is on August 23rd. You can register for that at thelife.cc forward slash revival. Sign up for that. We, we literally do have only a few spots left for that. So if you haven't yet, make sure you get in on that. And then also the very next Sunday, August 30th, Pastor Joel will be preaching here live. So we've got some exciting things coming up. Even more exciting things we'll be sending out to you through church-wide email and social media and all that kind of stuff. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. We'll see you next Sunday.